Well, good morning. It's good to see everybody here this morning. I know many of you are joining us online, worshiping with us from all different places around the world. I want to welcome you as well. It's great to be able to worship as a family of believers, no matter where you're at. And so it's great for you to be here this morning. Before we get started, I do want to celebrate this morning because it's good to celebrate as an entire church things like this. And you missed out on it first service, but we had four baptisms first service, including a couple kids out of kids ministry. So I know we've been having a lot of them here in second service and you guys have been getting to see how God is changing people's lives. But since it happened in first service, I wanted you to know so we could celebrate it as well. Well, hey, if you're a guest with us this morning, don't forget to stop by guest services after. Maybe you're trying to decide whether Central should be your church home. We would love for you to consider that. So stop by guest services. We have somebody that'd love to meet you. We have something special for you. And hopefully uh, you'll consider joining the family of believers here at Central. Well, we're in the Woman at the Well series, and we're going to continue on with that today. And we're going to kind of come in and out of the story a little bit. But today we're going to kind of continue that theme that Pastor Bob started last week about talking about barriers. But today we're going to talk about it through a little different lens, the lens of grace and truth. And I think you'll see what that looks like and what God has for us here this morning as we go on. You know, I don't have to tell you, but right now in our culture, in our community, in your workplaces, in your families, there's a lot of division right now, isn't there? It's pretty much everywhere. We see that, especially in the last few years, there's been, been many lines really drawn in the sand, right? And we find some people on one side of the line and some people on the other side of that line. Some of the lines being drawn in the last few years have been around politics. We have an election coming up here in just a few weeks and there are lines being drawn all over the place. Some people on this side of the line and some people on that side. It's been lines drawn in the sand over the last few years around the pandemic. Some people are on this side of some of the lines. And again, some people are on the other side. There's lines being drawn in churches, lines being drawn in families, workplaces, neighborhoods, all over. We just see lines being drawn everywhere. And it's creating this division and these barriers that I know you don't want to see. There's research that actually shows that when we draw those hard lines in the sand and we begin kind of forming that mentality of us versus them, we're on this side, you're on the other side, it actually does something to our brains. It actually impacts our ability to express empathy and kindness. Well, studies and research can show that side of it. I have to believe as well that Drawing lines in the sand and having these barriers and this us versus them mentality, it does something to our heart as well. And it impacts us spiritually. It impacts our ability and our desire to extend grace. And the scary part about that is grace is the thing that's needed most to cross across those lines and to tear down those barriers And yet it's the very lines that are causing us not to show it and not to extend it. But today, I think you're going to see what God has in store for us as we think about this from the context of grace and truth in our lives and in our community. 
So would you stand with me out of respect for God's word as we read this morning from John chapter 1, verse 14, and we'll get into the story at the woman at the well here in just a little bit. But verse 14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray. Jesus, we see that you, you came full of grace and truth. Help us to grow in our fullness of grace and truth as well, so that we may look more like you and have a greater impact in the kingdom. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we start off today and we see that Jesus came into the world and John describes him as one that came in full of grace and truth. And it's important to note that grace precedes truth in this context. We'll we'll explain that more as we go. But we see that Jesus was full of grace and truth. And and if I were to ask you what truth meant, I bet you it would be a lot easier to answer that than what does grace mean? We're all pretty familiar with truth. If, if I said, what is truth? You would maybe think back to the Armor of God series that Pastor Bob did just a little bit ago. And we talk about the belt of truth, right? Truth is whatever God says on a given subject or a topic. We think about Jesus being the truth, that Jesus is trustworthy. God's word is the truth. We, we, we can get our head around the idea of truth a lot easier than grace sometimes, And so I want to give you a little bit of a definition of grace that might help us here this morning. Grace is God's free and unmerited favor for sinful humanity. That should shock us a little bit this morning. I mean, just think about that for a second. The God of everything extends his favor to you and me. And it's free. And it's without merit. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to do anything. He gives it to us free and unmerited, and it's to all of us, all of his creation. He extends his grace to. That should shock us this morning. What a good God. Grace is just the reflection of God's love and his goodness, isn't it? And we serve a loving and good God. Well, we know that Jesus is the ultimate example of the fullness of grace and truth. So we want to live like him. We want to look more like him as we go through life. But we know that we're not full of grace and truth, that we tend to grow and develop and become more like Jesus. And so when we think about grace and truth, we have a natural tendency to really lean one way or the other. And so I want to talk about that for a second, what it might look like to be on one extreme or the other completely full of grace and no truth and completely full of truth and no grace and and talk about what that might look like and why is it that we're supposed to be full of both and as we talk about and give examples I don't want anyone to feel bad I don't want anyone to think oh no I'm a grace giver (laughs) that's okay that's good but maybe God is asking you to focus on truth as well in your life or maybe you're someone that leans more towards truth telling And God is asking you today going, hey, I want you to focus on giving grace. I want to see that side so we can become full in both sides. But if we look at at one end of the spectrum, we look at a grace giver and a grace giver, man, people love to be around people that give grace, don't they? Oh, they're so inviting and welcoming. They show respect and kindness and you just want to be around them. 
which is great. That's the great part of a grace giver. But sometimes a grace giver starts to recognize that when there's a time to share truth, uh, maybe get a little uneasy, maybe feel a little stressed about it or a little anxiety going, this could create confrontation or conflict. And so maybe you shy away from that a little bit. But when we go to grace and we don't bring the truth in, in those relationships, we can never give the truth that will lead to some of the change that people need in their lives. The truth helps change us and shape us and mold us. And so we need the grace and the truth. Or maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum and and you're really on the truth-telling side. And again, it's great to tell truth, isn't it? Truth-tellers are always sharing scripture and passages and advice. And boy, they're giving lots of truth. But sometimes truth-tellers are really looking for any and every opportunity to share that truth. They're just looking for someone to mess up or make a mistake so they can point it out and share the truth that they think that person needs. And when we're on that side, it's grace because truth is being shared. But if we lack the grace that's needed, we can begin to hurt and wound people in our relationships. It can come across very harsh and unloving. You know, it's not just something that that we struggle with as individuals. If you look at the community, if you look at our country and we look at churches, really you see churches sometimes falling to one extreme or the other too, don't you? Sometimes we see churches that, that they're so focused on grace that there is no truth, that anything goes. And we have other churches that they're so focused on truth that there's hard lines in the sand that either you're on this side with us or we don't want you to be a part of this church. And it's harsh and it pushed people away. But we just read that Jesus came to the world full of grace and truth. So for you and me as believers and for us as the church, we're not supposed to be on one end of the spectrum or the other. We're supposed to be full of both. And when we become full of both and and we can extend grace and truth, watch out. Amazing things can happen. Amazing things will take place when we begin to show grace and truth. So since many of you are probably like me and sometimes understand the truth better, we're going to focus on grace a little bit more here this morning. And so I want to look at this here in Ephesians. And Chapter 2, verse 3 begins with, All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. We'll get to the the second half of this passage here in just a second, but I want to stop for a minute and point out, many of us have drawn lines in the sand at times, and it's easy as a a believer in church, we, we start to draw lines and think that we're on this side of the line, and yet we're reminded that we once were on the other side of the line. Do you realize that? That the people that you look at and say are on the other side, you were once part of that other side. But look what God does. Even to us on the other side of the line, he says, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we are dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. So think about that for a second. You were once on the other side of the line and yet God extended grace to you. 
See, God's grace actually falls on both sides of the line. Did you know that? Sometimes we don't live like it. We don't act like it. I don't even know that we hope for it sometimes. We see people on the other side and we forget that God extends grace to them as well. And you and I used to be on that side. From that, there should be a humility. The humility that comes from remembering who you once were should create a desire to extend grace to others. We can't forget who we once were. We can't forget who we are now. There there are times in my life where I fall short, just like you do, right? We can't forget who we are because if we don't remain humble and keep that humility, it's hard to extend grace. A little bit later on, we see Ephesians 2.8, just a couple verses later, very familiar passage for all of us. And it says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. And here's what I want, want you to take from this this morning is, I think it's really easy sometimes for us to focus on the faith piece. And I think that's the case because that's the piece that we really kind of have the control over. We get to choose whether we believe or not. We choose whether we believe the truth of God. But it really, our faith is a response to God's grace. It is God's grace that opened up the door for us. We didn't earn a way into his presence in relationship with him. No, it is through the grace of God. He chose to make a way. He chose to send Jesus into the world. He chose to open up the door for us first. It was his desire. It was his extension of grace that came first. And we responded to that in faith, receiving God's grace and accepting and believing in the truth through faith. But it came from grace coming first. And if we begin to think about that, just think about the barrier that was created between us and God by sin. You want to talk about lines in the sand? That's one that I can understand. We have God on one side and us on the other and sin separating us from God. And look how he tore down that barrier. Look how he crossed it. It's by grace. He chose by grace to step across that barrier to extend the grace to us that we could receive in faith. And we see it true of the woman at the well. There's this barrier, this line in the sand, there's this division between Jew and Samaritan. And there's many other examples of the barriers, male and female, whatever it might be. And we see Jesus extend grace. He goes to her and says, can I have a drink? He sits with her and begins to talk and show her dignity. And I know that that may not seem like much in today's culture, but like Pastor Bob has reminded us, we have to read it through their eyes of the times. And it would have been shocking to see a Jew, especially Jesus, risk becoming unclean, interacting with her. But Jesus chose to show grace and knock down that barrier by grace. So we see Jesus knock down the barrier with the woman at the well by grace. We see Jesus step across the line and knock down the barrier between us and him by grace. We see other stories in the Bible over and over again. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree. I want to come eat at your house. 
That was Jesus extending grace to someone that most people wouldn't have thought deserved it. Levi, I want to come to your house and I'm going to have dinner. And all the Pharisees were, were, were talking amongst themselves going, can you believe that he's going to go eat with sinners? What's this guy doing? Jesus knew that there was a truth that needed to be shared and that it was coming, but he knew that the way in, the way to get their attention, the way to knock down that barrier was to extend grace so that their hearts were open to ready to receive the truth. We see God uses grace to break down barriers. God uses grace to break down barriers. So for you and me in our life, if we're thinking about all those lines in the sands I mentioned, and you've got many more, I'm sure there's things in your family, in your workplace, in the community you can think of. I want you to think about this for a second. You're not going to cross, go across those lines in the sands or knock down the barriers by coming at it with more truth. It's going to come down by extending grace. There is a place and a time that that truth will get to come along. And sometimes the grace can open the door like that. And other times it might take years of extending grace upon grace upon grace for finally for you to get the opportunity to bring the truth along. But Jesus used grace to bring down the barriers. And in our community and in our world and in our lives, that's what we got to learn from that. We've got to use grace in our own lives to knock down those barriers and to step across the lines that have been drawn in the sand. It's hard though, isn't it? It's hard to extend something that you don't have. There's many things I could think of that I wish I could give each and every one of you, but I don't have it. I can't give it to you. And the same is true with grace. If, if you don't have grace, you can't extend grace. You have to have it to be able to give it. And so we have to recognize in our own lives where God has given us grace and filled our life with grace so that we can share it. Look at this. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God's grace comes in many different forms. God's grace was extended to all of us this morning. Just the fact that we have breath in our lungs and that we're here. The sun came up this morning. That's God's grace. That's his favor on you and me. In this passage, we see that we've been given gifts and talents and abilities. That's God's favor in your life. Do you realize that and recognize it? God's mercy, his forgiveness, his kindness, all of these things are examples of God's grace that are in our life. And when we begin to recognize it and we accept it and receive it and we become full of it, guess what? We can begin to extend it to other people. Because we are asked to steward God's grace. It's not about just consuming God's grace. It's about receiving it and sending it out to others. Extending it to people in our lives. It's pretty hard sometimes to extend grace though, isn't it? Anyone else struggle to extend grace? One, am I the only one raising my hand? Okay, there we go. We got a few more. Thank you. I started to feel alone up here. You know, if I had to look back at this week and just think for a second about how I did extending grace, my report card wouldn't look very good. Remind me of first grade a little bit. <laughs> I'd have a few needs improvement checked. We have lots of examples. I mean, all week long, there were, there were things that occurred in my life and, and 
you know what? I wasn't the best at, at showing grace. A lot of times the first thought that came to my mind was, how do I get the truth across? I need to set up a meeting so I can tell them about the truth. Hey, come in here so I can show you and explain something to you because you need to hear the truth. And then God reminded me as I was getting ready for this week, where's the, where's the grace? You're forgetting the grace. Grace is what opens the door for you to be able to share some of those truths. It's a good reminder. Grace is hard to share for this reason too. Think about this. Grace is very costly, but it only costs the giver. It doesn't cost the receiver. So in the context of God extending grace to you and me, what was the cost? The cost was the cross. Jesus paid the cost for us to receive God's grace. What a cost. What a cost. Did it cost you and me anything? No, we get to receive it freely. We get to receive that grace freely. So in your life, in my life, guess what? When we extend grace to other people or when we choose to or have to extend that grace, guess what? It's going to cost us something too. We've got to sacrifice part of ourselves in the extension of that grace. It doesn't always feel good because it's not what we want to do. And I don't know what that sacrifice might look like for you. It, it probably looks different for each of us at any given time. But it might be sacrificing winning the argument. It might sacrifice being right in the moment just to be able to extend that grace that's needed in the moment. But it's going to cost you something. And the person on the other side that's receiving your grace, it's going to be free to them. And that's hard. That's hard when it costs us, but it's free to somebody else. It's also hard for this reason. I ran across this quote, and it really hit me this week by Charles Spurgeon. He said, grace is given to those who don't deserve it, barely recognize it, and hardly appreciate it. You know, I was reading this this week through the context of thinking about extending grace to others. And I found myself going, God, this is exactly why it's hard to extend grace. Because people in my life, they don't deserve it. And when I do it, guess what, God? They, they barely recognize it. And even if they do recognize it, most of the time they hardly appreciate it. You know what I heard God say to me? <laughs> he said, Justin, you don't deserve my grace either. And you hardly recognize it. And even when I show it to you and extend it to you, you barely appreciate it. It's not fun to hear. <laughs> but guess what? God didn't stop there. I'm glad he didn't stop there. He went on to remind me, he said, Justin, but I love you so much. That's the point of my grace. I love you so much that even though you don't deserve it, even though you hardly recognize it and hardly appreciate it, I still will extend my grace to you because of my love for you. In our lives, there are people all around us, right? They don't, they don't deserve it. <laughs> Probably a good chance they're not going to recognize it. And even if they do recognize it, they're probably not going to appreciate it or at least let you know that they appreciate it. And yet just as God still looks at us and says, even though that's your response, I still extend grace to you. 
And he's telling you that this morning. He loves you too. He says, even though I extended to you, you can extend it to others who have that same attitude because I love you that much and I still give you my grace. Work towards extending grace to others who have that same attitude that you do sometimes. And start to notice in your own life, Justin, where my grace is so you can recognize it and you can appreciate it and you can thank me for it. Grace is hard. Grace is hard to extend to other people for lots of different reasons. And we think about the story of the woman at the well. If the disciples or anyone would have been around and they would have been advising Jesus, they probably would have used this quote with Jesus. They would have said, Jesus, she's a Samaritan. She doesn't deserve it. Hey, Jesus, I wouldn't extend grace to her. I doubt she's going to recognize it. Hey, Jesus, you, you know those Samaritans. You know how they think and how they act. She's not going to appreciate your grace. And yet Jesus seems to look over all of that. And we see him go to the woman at the well and extend grace. Extend grace to her regardless of whether or not she deserved it. Regardless of whether or not she was going to recognize it. And regardless of whether or not she appreciated it. We see that. And that grace that he extended to her, she felt it. She experienced it. changed her. Just like God's grace should do for you and me. It does something to us in in our heart and opens the door for God's truth to come in and for that truth to begin to shape us and change us and mold us. So we see Jesus extend that grace to her and it opens up the door for truth. And Jesus begins now to share truth with her. Look at what he says. Or she says, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Her heart's ready to begin receiving the truth. He's knocked down the wall, he's knocked down the barrier, he's crossed that line in the sand, and he shares the gospel right off the bat. Do you see the gospel in there? He begins to tell her, there's a gift awaiting you. I have a gift for you. And if you knew who I was who was asking for you a drink, oh, you'd ask, me for the dr you'd ask me for the gift. Jesus is pointing to himself saying, I am the giver of that gift. I am the chosen one. And if you knew that and knew the gift I had for you, you would ask me for it. You see, we have to ask for it at some point. We receive God's grace and at some point we have to accept and choose to believe and accept God's grace. And he says, if you would do that, if you knew who I was, if you asked me for the gift and I gave it to you, I would give you that living water. I would give you that eternal life. So he begins to share truth. She doesn't respond to this right away. It doesn't resonate with her. And, and so she asks and, and she says, well, this living water, this is Jacob's well. Are you greater than Jacob? And you don't even have anything to draw the water with. How are you going to get me this water? And so Jesus comes back with more truth. Jesus answered her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. 
Jesus begins to even make it more personal to her. And he begins to, to talk to her about taking a drink of this water. And now what you need to know that in, in, in the Greek language, when you change the tense of a verb, it actually changes the meaning. And so in the beginning here, when Jesus says, whoever drinks the water or whoever drinks this water will be thirsty again, that word drinks, he uses a tense of a Greek verb that says continually having to drink, reoccurring over and over again. And what he was saying to her and saying to us is, if you want to drink this water, the water of the earth, if, if you want to go after things of this world and pursue those things, you're going to be thirsty. You're going to keep having to drink over and over and over again because you will never be satisfied. He goes on and the second time he uses the word drinks, he uses a different verb tense that means to drink one time, to take one drink. And look what it's in reference to. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He's pointing her to the gospel and us to the gospel saying, if you take that drink, if you accept what I'm extending, you will never be thirsty again. Because we know in this life, we either go after and try to fill our lives with things of the world, or we try to fill it and we choose to fill it with Jesus. And he says, you can go after the world and you're going to be thirsty drinking over and over again, or you can take one drink from what I'm offering and I will fill you and you will never thirst. I will give you that living water. Jesus is the living water. We know that over the last couple of weeks, we talked about living water and moving water. And you see the rabbis and the leaders at that time would have been looking at this moving water, this living water is what swept over them to cleanse them of their sin. They would literally lay in tubs and water would come in and wash over them. It would keep moving because it was living water and it would be taken away, symbolizing the removing of their sin. And Jesus is saying, I'm the living water. I'm the one that removes that sin. I'm the one that washes it away. Choose me and I will forgive you. I will give you that eternal life. Jesus goes on to share more truth with her over the next several scripture passages. And we see that something begins to change in her. And we see that it actually says because of her testimony, what occurred, many people, Many people came to believe in Jesus. And it goes back to she received the truth. But she received the truth because the wall had been knocked down. Her heart was prepared and open to receiving that truth because grace opened the door. Jesus interacted with this Samaritan woman really on an average day. He was traveling, he was tired, he sat down for the water. You and I have many interactions every single day, all week long with people. And we have an opportunity to learn from Jesus. Look at this passage in Colossians. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. We're interacting with people all around us all of the time. They're being bombarded by this truth and that truth. And really what they need is they need grace. 
They need the grace that you and I can extend them so it knocks down the barriers, it crosses over that line, and they can begin to receive the truth that is so needed. You know, I look at the church right now, church as a whole, and we see young people leaving the church at alarming rates. We don't see churches growing and reaching the lost. And yet we, many people sit there and they say, well, there's a truth problem. People aren't receiving the truth. Well, I wonder if people aren't receiving the truth and believing the truth, I wonder if it's not as much of a truth problem as it is a grace problem. Maybe it's a grace problem in your life, in my life, in the church life, that if people aren't responding to the truth, staying in church as they grow up or coming to the church as they get older, I wonder if we're missing out on extending grace and we focus on the truth when what they need is the grace so that their heart is open and eager and willing to hear the truth. A couple weeks ago, I was able to go to a luncheon and some of our staff went with us as well. And it was a luncheon for Embrace. And Embrace is a great organization that the church supports and, and I hope you guys would support as well. They come alongside expecting mothers, many mothers who are trying to decide whether or not they're gonna choose life for their unborn child. And Embrace comes alongside and helps them and gives them resources and talks with them. Well, at this luncheon, the executive director, Tim Quiggle, said this, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he said, when these women pull into our parking lot, they don't care what we think. Basically, he's saying they don't care what our truth is. They don't care what we believe about certain laws. They don't care what we believe about politics. They don't care what we believe about the Bible. When they pull in the parking lot, all they care about and wonder is, is there someone there who loves me? Is there someone there who actually cares? We got to hear stories about how women chose life for their child. We got to hear stories about how women came to know and accept Jesus as their savior. If we were to step back and look at it in the context of this morning, I have to believe that these women coming in and where Embrace stood, there was a distance in truth. There's probably some lines in the sands where the truth didn't align. So then how is it that these women were able to accept the truth that they didn't come in with? It's by the grace that was shown to them It was by the grace of the volunteers and the staff and everyone that came around these women and extended grace into their life that just blew them away. They couldn't imagine that someone would show them grace the way that they were getting grace shown to them. Just like the woman at the well, just like we should be when we think about God extending grace to us, it should blow us away. And when it does, it begins to open us up and soften our heart, just like in their case, to begin to hear the truth. I know some of you came in today just needing to receive grace. And I hope you know that God wants you to receive that grace today. He wants you to receive grace from him, but he also wants you to receive it from one another. So at this time, if you'll stand with me, Pastor George and Pastor Phil are going to lead us here in amazing grace. Join us.
some of you, you've just never really received God's grace. You've never embraced it and welcomed it into your life. Do you remember all the way back to the beginning, we said God's grace is free and unmerited. That means you don't have to change your life to come to Jesus. You come to Jesus and he changes your life. That's how this works. You can come as you are. That's the extension of grace into your life. So if that's you today, and and maybe today you want to receive that ultimate gift of grace from God, I want to encourage you to go out to the starting point. We've got people that would love to talk to you. Or maybe you just want to text the word Jesus to the number on the screen, and this week we'd be happy to follow up with you and to talk more. We need to be able to receive God's grace and give it to one another. So as you leave today, maybe there's someone in your section, maybe someone in your family that you just need to turn to and you need to find a way to extend grace to them. Or maybe there's somebody new. We've been doing this the last few weeks of finding someone new. Maybe find someone new that you've never met before. Spend some time talking to them. Get to know them. Introduce yourself. Shake their hand and begin extending grace to one another. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance and give you his peace. This week, go and be full of grace and truth. God bless you.